What's up, everybody? This is Elliot Terrell, and you're listening to Magical Thinking. Our guest for this episode is Xavier Spade. Xavier is one of the staple members of the New York Coterie of Underground Cardmen. He's also the man behind Lost Art Magic, and he's blazing a trail as one of the great magicians working to elevate the explanation and instruction of magic on YouTube. Xavier and I have been friends for a few years, and it was on my most recent trip to New York that we sat down for our discussion of social media and YouTube, personal and professional creativity, personal and professional burnout, and intentionality in performance and presentation. A lot has changed for both of us in the time since this conversation was recorded. Xavier has handed off the oversight of Lost Art Magic to Chris Mayhew and Bo Kramer, and you can listen to the vignette I posted as well to hear more about what's been happening with me. Shoot me a message with any questions or feedback you may have to me at elliotterrell.com, three T's in the center there. Please review the podcast in your Apple Podcast app, share any episodes you love with friends and people you think will benefit, and check out the new MagicalThinkingPodcast.com. It's still a work in progress, but you'll get the idea. Anyway, this is my long overdue chat with Xavier Spade. Enjoy. (laughs) Xavier's ASMR. We're going to eat some chips. I'm so hard right now. Me too. <laughs> the weirdest boner. Um, you say it takes you a long time to accept that you have a new idea. What does that mean? It's uh, I don't know. It's a weird thing with myself. Like, I'll think of something. I go, this is what I want, right? This is the effect that I want, or whatever it is, right? This is what I want, and I start going at it. And I'm like, man, this is just terrible. <laughs> like, what am I doing? Yeah. I Why just, do you feel that it's terrible? Because it's not. I'm super hard on myself. Man. Okay. I'm never good enough. You know, like it's that's that internal mental thing. And then I'll do it around somebody and they'll be like, holy, co- ho- that, that's awesome. I'm like, is it? Is it really? Or are you just feeling bad for me because I'm crying? Yeah. Right. And then I play with it. Like, but it takes this long, drawn out process and it takes a lot of other people to be like, you need to do it. Like, go for it. Or else I won't. <laughs> well, so. Where where does when do you when do you start to accept the new idea? Uh, I usually don't. Okay, what does that look like? It just I just kind of keep working at it until I'm happy with it, and I'm not really happy with anything. So it's this constant, constant, constant process. Okay, so then what is the what's the moment between having the idea and then trying to work on it? Because it because really it, pretty quick. Like I, I try a lot of things. I don't think I'm that creative of a person. I just, uh, I have a lot of goofy ideas that I want to do, that I wish I could do. If, like, if I was a magician, right, like, oh, I want to make bills appear from my nostrils when I sneeze. Right? Like, okay, so how am I going to do that? I don't know, but I want to do it. So I'll just play with a sock of bills first, like, or whatever it is. And a lot of times, the things that I start out as, that started as jokes become the effects that I do. So what kind of effects do you do? Because I think, I mean, I mostly know you for like card stuff. Mm-hmm. So do you do other kinds of weird, surreal magic like that? Oh, yeah. Like uh, a lot of the stuff that people do with baby arm now came from me. One, not having a coin. <laughs> and two, really liking the baby arm. So I would just go around and do random stuff to people. You know, I'd sit at a restaurant and the waiter would come over and I'd pull the baby arm out and pull a fork in. 
you know, just stupid things like that. Or I'd sing a song to somebody. Uh, so for a long time, I did this thing. I was like, uh, I'd go up to a girl. Like, you ever, you ever been touched by an angel? And I put my arm on her. Right? <laughs> she goes, no. And then I look at my hand, like trying to give her the hint. Yeah. She's like, ha, ha, ha. Or not. Or I'd be like, you know, don't touch me, weirdo. Yeah. And then I go, here, put your hand out. I was like, we're going to summon an angel, but we have to sing the, the chant. And I would just horribly sing Kiss from a Rose. And <laughs> <laughs> the, the hand would come out and touch them. Yeah. And that was it. Like, I would just do stupid things like that until I got an extra baby hand, a mini knife, and a coin. And I would do this whole act where the hand would come out, take the coin. People would say, what's that? Another hand would come out with the knife. Right? Like, shut up. And then, you know, animal head. Like, it was this whole thing. Yeah. And I stopped doing it. <laughs> it's too much for me. Carry around 17 magnets. <laughs> yeah. But I, I I just like to have fun with what I try to create or think about or even with the stuff that I'm doing already. Like, I get bored really easy with effects because you do them so often. So I'll change what I'm saying with it, how I present it, and that kind of changes how the effect progresses. Mm-hmm. And then, so do you perform professionally or is it all just kind of in the moment? I used to, man. I, I lost the hunger to be a worker, quote-unquote, right? Because I think uh, when you're a quote-unquote worker, there's too many limitations. There's, you know, you're not doing magic anymore. You're doing a job, whatever mm-hmm. it is, unless it's your own show. If it's your own show, it's a whole different road, right? But for the most part, it's just that, you know, you do a corporate mixer, your job is to get people to talk. If you're doing a, a trade show, your job is to get people at the booth. It, it, very little to do with magic and more about the outcome of your presence. So I really lost the hunger of being the stripper at the bachelor party that nobody remembers. And I just do my own thing now. You know, I do the YouTube thing. I do I have my company and, and I get to have fun with my friends. And when I have fun with my friends, I could try things out, work things out. And it's free because there's no expectation and there's no repercussion. Yeah. It's complete freedom. And I enjoy that a lot more. So someone who uh, self-categorizes as not, necessarily a creative person enjoys the creative freedom of not having to make a living with it yeah, uh, or performing it. Right. Yeah. So that's an interesting little <laughs> paradox kind of thing. It's like, I have the creative freedom, but I don't consider myself a creative person. So it, it is sort of just like, well, I don't cre- consider my creative person in the sense that the <clears throat> magic industry is, has creative people, right? Like, like Nick Lawrence is super creative. This guy, every other week he's pumping something out. Mm-hmm. I don't have the wherewithal for that. It, one thing, 10 years, <laughs> and then, you know, like just put me in a box and give me that one thing. But I, so I'm not creative like that, but I think I'm creative in the fact that I kind of know who I am already. I know what I like. I know where I want to go with things and I can play around mm-hmm. within my own little world. And who are you? What do you like? And where do you want to go? I'm a fat Puerto Rican from New York. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, it's the truth. I'm a fat Puerto Rican. I'm, I'm a guy that, had a rough upbringing and I act like it. I don't, you know, I don't try to be the magician that everybody knows, you know, suit and tie. Hi, how are you? Not me. Mm -hmm. You know, so I am who I am and where I want to go with it. It really determines is, is based upon how I feel. So if I feel I want to present an effect this way and do this effect, then that's what happens. And nobody could tell me otherwise. It's fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, but I, you know, I don't know what to say about myself. I don't like talking about myself too much, which is hard for a podcast. <laughs> but 
Yeah, you can ask, I'll answer. <laughs> okay. Hold on. Hold on. ASMR moment. How would you describe the current state of magic? Terrible. <clears throat> I think it's always been terrible. And I think it's going to be terrible. Uh, mostly because I think people are too wrapped up in their own heads and wrapped up in things that don't matter to them because they think it matters for something else. Uh, so like the big thing with me and magic is I, I tend to say things like, uh, and I believe it, you know, I care more about magic than I do about most people. And it's because of how I got into magic. I didn't get into magic because I saw a guy in my, my school doing something with my uncle. I was, I was in a gang. I was doing some bad things, and magic got me out of it. But it also uh, taught me a lot about people because my mother was dying at, a, at, at the time. And I would show her things that I would learn, and I would see the change in her, you know, for a moment or two. And that was all that that's all it took. That's all it mattered sometimes, you know, just to give people a moment away from their reality and bring them into your own and share something with them that you care about, you love, you have fun with, whatever. And I think most people in magic forget about that. You know, the last lecture I did, just before uh, I lectured, there was a guy there who was lecturing on the road to fism, right? That's his thing. And he was talking about, you know, worker routines and commercial and all these key words that a lot of really crappy magicians use and um and after and everybody yeah great it was a good lecture cool and then after the lecture i I go up and i ask some questions and i said how many of you are professional working magicians and out of the 100 200 people maybe 20 hands go up Mm -hmm. i said of you how many of you do more than one show a month less hands stay up Mm -hmm. i said of the eight of you you know, everybody else, why can't you just have fun? When did you forget to have fun if you don't even do it for a living? Mm-hmm. The whole point should be to have fun if you're not doing it for a living. Yeah. <clears throat> but it doesn't exist because we speak, the, we spit these mantras, right? Worker routine, it has to be commercial, it has to be easy reset, it has to be bubble, all right? Whatever key words that magic companies use to sell. Mm-hmm. And they sell, and they do that because of people before them, because we all have all been taught. That the pinnacle of being a magician is being a worker. Mm-hmm. And I think it's bullshit. I think the pinnacle of being a magician is getting something you can, can have for yourself. You can share. That's more important than being a worker. If you're not enjoying it and you're a worker, then you're just doing a job. Might as well just get an office job. Why does it have to be magic? Be a public speaker. You know. But where is the state of magic? I think it's been in that state forever. Uh, in different different variances you know like if you read the discovery of witchcraft right it talks about the downfall of magic will be selling magic now (laughs) this is what magic is now it's a marketplace right Mm -hmm. and now the next enemy is social media and youtube right but once that passes there's going to be another enemy and it nothing changes right everybody wants everything to change but you can't change it because the individual is smart and the mass is dumb so we're fighting against a mass of dumb magicians and the smart ones talk, and then they fall into the mass of dumb, and mm-hmm. no, you know, nothing gets heard. And it's sad. But it's also good, because at least it's not getting any worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's interesting that, you know, you say that the, the, the magic industry, the magic marketplace, is what is uh, constraining magic, and you own a magic company that sells magic. I do. And then the new enemy is social media and YouTube, and you are a YouTube mm-hmm. magic personality. Correct. So, 
how do you what's what's your application to those things what's your intention to those things that makes what you're doing different so i'll I'll be honest you know i started my magic company a while back with eric jones and you know we were like we're gonna we're gonna do things different we're gonna care about the quote-unquote artist we're going to you know try to make a difference we're gonna put out things that we care about that we consider good magic not about selling 30 crappy gimmicks and we tried that and it sucked why? So, because people don't buy, care about what you love. People want a toy. They want they want those keywords that I was talking about before. They want the instant reset, the worker, blah 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 blah. And it was very discouraging. And and it got to the point where I became one of those other magic companies. And I was just trying to pump out stuff every other week or every other month. And and one day I, I'm I was having a meeting with Eric, and I go, dude, this is terrible. Like I can't keep doing this. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I don't know what to do. Blah blah blah. And he, you know. So I said, you know what? At this point, Chris Ramsey had already been hammering YouTube into me. I said, look, I want you, and there were some other guys in the company, I want you guys to kind of just run the show, and I'm going to try this YouTube thing mm-hmm. and see what it's about. Because for a long time, I was also the person who was saying YouTube is bad and this and that. But it comes from a place of not understanding, yep. right? like fear. So I started doing it, and I learned so much, man. I learned so much about the YouTube community. I learned a lot more about the magic, what we know as the magic community. And I learned that there's a big disparity between the two. And more importantly, they don't know about each other. And because they don't know about each other, one just talks crap about the other. And there's never a place for them to sit and meet. So once things had kind of grown a little bit, I did a lecture in in the city for the SAM, the SAM Parent Assembly. And it happened to be during a nor'easter, so it was like a blizzard, <laughs> right? And I go in, and there's like 10 people from the Magic Club and like 30 or 40 people there because I said I was going to be there. Yeah. And the president of the club stands up, and he goes, how many people here are not members of the SAM? And a bunch of hands go up. He goes, why not? And I'm sitting in the back going, oh, just, bro, just stop talking. Let me tell you. Let me get up there. And I was so like, uh. And I go up there, and I... And, I asked some questions. How many people found out about my lecture because of the SAM email, the Facebook page, the post, whatever? Yeah. No hands go up. Yeah. How many people came here because I said I was going to be here? The whole room, right? I said, and that's why they're not a member of your club, because you're irrelevant. Yeah. Right? Because let's be real. Social media is it. Yeah. So I tried it out, and it changed everything, man. I, I started realizing that there's a lot of hungry, eager, you know, like honest people on YouTube and they're looking because they don't know where else to go. They don't have magic clubs. They don't have money. They whatever. Mm-hmm. Everybody has access to YouTube. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> so just to hold your thought because I want you to keep going, but <clears throat> excuse me, mm-hmm. just to clarify from earlier, you saying social media and YouTube is the enemy. It's not that it's actually the enemy. Correct. It's that it's perceived to be the enemy Correct. because yeah. old school people go, oh, well, people could just look up methods and they right. are just totally obfuscating right. what the actual. Yeah, what, what, I, what I'm basically what I'm saying is, yeah, that's it's defined as the enemy. Yeah, but I don't I don't think it's the enemy. Yeah, I'm just saying what everybody else says. Yeah, yeah. I, I so hope please you're comfortable. Continue. I hope yeah. you're comfortable with that. I am. <laughs> so. So yeah, so I learned I learned a lot, and I've had people get in touch with me and come meet up with me, and people write me letters and emails about how my videos affected them, or or anything like that. And it's it's such a different a different world. Yeah, and I wish I wish people from the magic community that we know 
would be more open to share what they're already sharing. They're doing it anyway. They're doing it at conventions. They're doing it in lecture notes. They're doing it in giveaways to sell their product. They're doing it anyway. And there's so much that they can learn, that other people can learn from them, that we could all share and learn from each other mm -hmm. if we just put our egos aside and realize exposure is the reason why there are magicians. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the exact reason. You saw a magician, you went somewhere, and someone was willing to expose for you, whether it was for a dollar or for free, something that got you interested. Mm -hmm. It's not hurting. As long as, you know, there's, I think there's ways to do it, and I try to fall within that. But I think for the most part, we should be more open to sharing these ideas and these stories mm -hmm. and, and things like that. What is the sort of your ethical guideline for sharing on YouTube? Uh, so most of the time, uh, the stuff that I'm sharing is either super, super old, mm -hmm. out of print and can't be accessed anymore. For mm -hmm. instance, uh, I recently did a, a bottom palm that was from Ernest Eric. Mm -hmm. The only way to get the book is on eBay for $3,000. You can't get the book anymore. Are you fucking kidding me? No. Yo. They don't sell the book anymore. That's good to know. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I've got five I got copies. I got rent coming up. <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, it's not even a thing where you can say, go buy this book. It's yeah. just like, here's where it is. If you happen to get it, here's a little snippet of it. You can't access it anyway unless you, you know, do some nefarious things. Yeah. So it's not hurting sales for anybody, mm -hmm. right? It's not hurting Ernest Eric, who unfortunately passed away. It's not hurting his estate. It's bringing attention to it, if anything, mm -hmm. right? Uh, if it's something that is on the market, then I, I speak with the person. Is it okay for this? Is it okay if I show this? Do you want me to do a giveaway? Do you want me, you know, there's a long process of, of me talking to people. Where it can be mutually beneficial. Of course, yeah. of course. Um, or, or if it's a thing where it gets too hairy or too confusing, it just won't happen. You know, a lot of times before Ramsey stopped doing tutorials, there was a whole thing that, you know, Ramsey would hit me up. Do you know what this is? Do you know where this is from? He'd call whoever. Do you know this? Blah, blah, blah. Yes, no. Can I talk to the And it's like a two-week process to put out a tutorial. Yeah. And when it finally stopped, it actually fell apart when Paul Wilson mm -hmm. got up in arms for, I think, I think the... I <clears> think, <throat> it was a table double. Great. It's not, yeah. not world-changing. It doesn't change anything. I mean, listen, Paul Wilson is Paul Wilson. I have respect for the guy. I, I don't have respect for how he handled that situation. Um, he used that as a gateway to, to say YouTube is bad for no reason. Okay. Uh, but, so, you know, it's that. It's that process of, can I do this? Should I do this? How would it f affect things? How do I feel about doing it? Do I do it well enough? Do I have anything to add to it? Mm -hmm. If those things don't <clears throat> fall in line, then I just don't do it. You know, so I try to be really careful, though, especially as somebody who owns a magic company and who has released things. I understand all the different sides. Yeah. And and what is it that makes you feel qualified to do this? I don't. I don't feel qualified to do it at all. I'm, And I never try to put it as something where this is it, right? I just go, here's what I know about this. Maybe you can learn more or you can show me something, right? It's just, it's, it's, it's that idea of sharing more than this is what you must learn. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't think, I don't think most people are qualified. I think some people are. But they don't feel qualified, <laughs> you know? So there's no simple answer. There's no qualification process, really. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think other people think you're qualified? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's humbling. But, you know, it goes back to that self thing where I don't feel good enough, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, just before I put out Raise Rise, and what an internal struggle <clears throat> that was. It is so hard for me to put out my own work. 
because I always feel like, no, it's not good enough. It's, it's missing something. It's not enough. I don't know enough about it. Like really, really hard. And even Ray Cosby was like, put it out. And other people like put it out. And I'm like, give me another month. (laughs) And I just said, all right, I have to stop at some point. Yeah. So where does, where does the imposter syndrome come from? I don't know. I can't tell you. I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I mean, I struggle with it too. And it's because like, for me, it's, I know what everybody doesn't know about me. Okay. Right. It's like, I know that I don't know what I think people assume I know. Got you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I'm sure a lot of people think that I'm far better read in the magic literature than I actually am. Mm. Like I have a fairly deep knowledge of a pretty specific (laughs) type of thing. And I speak confidently about that. And so people just assume that I know a lot about magical history or whatever. And I really don't. Got him. This is it. Got him. (laughs) End of podcast. We're done. End of podcast. (laughs) Yep. No, I get that though. I, you know, when I first started doing magic, I, kind of learned really fast Mm -hmm. i I still do i learn things really fast and i would start showing other people these things and i guess i would start teaching them or they became my students or whatever and i found myself learning more not because i necessarily wanted to but so that i could answer their questions Mm -hmm. and steer them where to go so a lot of the things that i've learned is because of that because i i know people are going to ask me questions and I wanted to. I want to at least be able to say that's the direction. Yeah. That you should look in, but there's also, you know, and open the doors for them. But other than that, I, I can't tell you why I feel the way I do. I've always felt like this with everything. I've never felt good enough. I've never, you know, maybe it was the way I was raised, you know. But I think it's kind of helped me become who I am, obviously, and it allows me to be super honest with myself, even if it's a lie, which is weird. What do you mean? So. Because I never feel good enough, nothing's ever finished, right? So it's not like I can do something and then go, yeah, that's good enough, and be one of those people, you know, that, oh, I've been doing it for so long, I, I'm good, this is it. Right? Yeah. So it's I always have that, which I'm kind of happy about. Sometimes I wish I could sleep, <laughs> but I'm happy that I don't settle. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's I mean, that's the old saying is art is never completed, it's abandoned. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. How have you changed over your time doing magic? A lot. Oh boy, I'm so glad you didn't meet me. <laughs> when, I, <laughs> when I first started, man, I was fresh off the streets. Uh, you know, I, what you got in your pockets type type guy, you know. But I've learned through this, I've learned that, and with help. You know, like, man, a couple of years ago, I ran into Danny uh, Garcia mm-hmm. and Rico and mm-hmm. Lisa they changed. They're just the most wonderful they people in the world. They changed my world, man. Like I'm so much more pleasant within my own head. Mm-hmm. Forget about what other people think about me. I don't care. In my own head, I can be more pleasant because I'm like, man, it's so it's so nice to be around people who X Y Z. Yeah, Rico, Danny, Lisa, and I'm like, man, I I want to do that too, right? Yeah, and I try to, but I have to keep myself, and I, you know, I'm that blunt, raw guy, so I yeah. keep that too. Sure. But before that, before any of this, oof, man, I'm I, I'm ashamed of who I was to be honest. I I did things to people. I hurt people. I, it wasn't good. But now I can be a different person. I can make a living. I don't have to worry about that stuff anymore. And you know, you can't change the past, but just 
I could just try to be better than I was yesterday, mm. and I'm okay with that. Yeah. So that's who I was before the shithead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then how has your approach to magic changed? <clears throat> oh, oh, Gabby fucked me up. Gabby Perez ruined me big time. So start from the beginning and take me start from the beginning and take me up to Gabby. So I start doing magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, what co- what was the draw for you? What was it that? I don't know, man. I just thought it was dope. I'd never seen anything like that. I'd never experienced anything like that. And then I go into a magic shop and I'm seeing people not worry about things like you know. Obviously, I would have drugs on me and stuff. So I'd see cops walk in. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why is nobody concerned? Mm-hmm. You know, and the cop's like, yeah, hey, I got to do a gig. I need this. And I'm like, <laughs> he's gonna make money off of this? Like, these things didn't weren't in my universe at the yeah. time, right? You were seeing a whole different side whole, of humanity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, not even humanity because I didn't care about humanity. Yeah. I just cared about making money mm. because I had things to pay for. Oh, okay. Right? Like I had to pay for medicine. I had to pay for whatever she needed, like my mother. Mm-hmm. So fuck humanity. It was, how do I make money? And now I can see I can make money with this. And I was like, oh. So the first thing I ever bought was a stripper deck. Mm-hmm. And I would just hustle people with this stripper deck. That's how I made money for a while. Thank you, Magic. And then, um, yeah, so I start doing that. And then I start feeling my own balls, right? Like my own thing. And I'm like, yeah, I'm the best one to do this. <laughs> and then I start learning more. And I'm the best one. At di- and then I was like, yeah, I'm the best one at Magic Shop, right? Like this tiny rung of, of, the, uni- of the world, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm, but I'm the best. <clears throat> and then the guy who's teaching me, this guy Danny T, brings me to a convention. It's a one-day convention in Pennsylvania. Uh, Bob Littles, and I see all these different people who are way fucking better than me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck, I suck. Yeah. Right now, oh, God. Oh, fuck, what am I doing? I didn't want to do shit. And I get back into it. And every few years, that would happen. Man, uh, you get to the top, and then you knock yourself down because you see something better, right? Mm-hmm. This process. And then I stopped caring because I realized, thankfully, that I would never be the best. Mm-hmm. And neither will anybody else. We're all just moving at our own pace, right? And I was okay with that. So I started I started getting very, uh, I don't know what the word is, but I started to feel like the, the more that I knew, the less that I understood. Mm-hmm. So I was okay with the fact that I knew nothing because now I can just learn. Yeah. Right? And I don't have to pressure myself on being the best. I could just enjoy what I'm doing. And then years go by and I go to Buffalo and there's Gabby Perez. And he fucking destroys me. Why? In the most respectful way, I'm going to say this. He may, he, you know, everybody was all up in arms about Juan Tamaris. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so. But to me, he made Juan Tamaris look like a dancing monkey. Because Tamaris will forgo technique for performance. Right? Gabby won't. It's all or nothing. And I really like that approach. And the, some of the things he said just... The simplest thing, you know, like we perform magic most of the time, like we're performing to our parents or to our mother, right? Like, look at me, look at me. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, holy shit, you're right. That's exactly what we're doing. Especially in your case, right? Especially in my case. Yeah. Because I technically was. Yeah. Right? And I was trying to do that for everybody else too. So he changed all of that. And I, re- I remember after the lecture, two-day lecture, one day all tricks, one day all theory. Mm-hmm. After the lecture, I'm sitting at, at a table with Garrett Thomas and Ricky Smith. 
And I'm just shaking my head, man. I'm like, what the fuck? What am I doing? This is terrible. And Garrett's like, let's go get wings. I was like, fuck you, Garrett. Fuck your wings. And I look around, and people are doing Elmsley counts and do, like literally doing what this guy was just talking about, right? I'm like, what are they doing? Don't they understand that it doesn't matter? Like, what? <sighs> my brain is melting, and Ricky turns to me and says, you just need to perform, and you'll be okay. And I was like, nope, nope, not doing shit. And Garrett grabs me by the collar. We go eat wings. And a few minutes later, I hear, oh, that's Xavier. Come on over. And people are clapping because he started a show for me. <laughs> so now he throws me into this thing. And I had fun. And I relaxed. And I, I was like, okay, yeah, Ricky was right. Fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Ricky for being right. And I drove home with Tony. And for four hours, there was static on the radio. And we're just not talking to each other because we're just digesting yeah. what we just went through. <clears throat> And what changed for me in that moment was the realization that uh, it wasn't even something Gabby talked about. It was just a realization that I had. Mm -hmm. I don't know what, what Tony had, but I know what I had. And what I had was this, right? I cannot ever, ever understand what a spectator gets from what I do. Ever. I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know what they say about it. I don't know anything. I don't know if they liked it, right? And that's okay, right? And to say... This is what your audience, your spectator, whatever, to say that phrase is very pretentious because you will never, ever know unless you happen to put a little mic on them and then they talk about it with their friends. But if you're there, you'll never, ever know. So the realization was that magic to me is literally like love. You can't define love. Love is defined by what you do, how you feel, your actions, you know, this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And magic is the same way because if it wasn't, then... There's a formula and I become irrelevant because you just follow this thing, mm -hmm. right? Like it's the difference between being a five-star chef and a short order cook at Burger King, right? There's a formula for one and the other one is that person. Mm -hmm. So for me, what I do, I hope you perceive as magic after I give it to you. And that's it. Once it's yours, it's yours. Mm -hmm. And I don't, try to, I don't try to hold on to it. I don't try to play with it. It's yours and I, I hope you enjoyed it, and that's all I could do. Yeah. But you also have to hold yourself to some sort of standard so oh, that you're yes. giving them something that can be perceived as Of magic. course, of course. But that has less to do with the spectator and more to do with me and the people I surround myself with. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? <clears throat> well, I mean, you know, I, I think a lot of a lot of the argument that, that mag magicians have with each other is we do magic for, for the spectators, and I think that's 100% wrong. We do magic for ourselves, and they get what we give them. Because if it was up to the spectator, what we'd be doing is sponge bunnies for the rest of our lives. Because I mean, that kills laymen and slays them. You know, color-changing lives, it's a killer. But the reason why we do all these different effects and we come up with these different ideas and we try these different things is because we want to. Not the spectator. We want to. So I equate a lot of magic to cooking. One, because I'm fat. And two, because I like food. And three, because it's, I think the paths could be very similar given one thing uh and the one thing is there's no bottom line for magic there's a bottom line for cooking if you want to be a chef this is the minimum of shit you need to know how to do mm -hmm. but for magic there's nothing right but otherwise the paths are very similar you want to be a chef you have to learn how to use the tools you have to learn the technique you have to learn all these different things the mm -hmm. foods the tastes right all these things that equate to a dish right magic you have to learn technique you have to learn the tools you have to learn all these different things that mm -hmm. equate to an effect, mm -hmm. right? 
But who determines if that, if that food is good before you become a chef? They don't make you cook and sit you down in front of a room of people that don't know food. They put you in a room with chefs mm-hmm. and they taste the food and they critique you. And they say this, 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 this is good, this is bad, this is good, this is bad. Then you become a chef and then you share it with other people. There's always a, a prerequisite before your audience. Mm-hmm. But we tend to forget that with magic. We think, I'm going to learn this and then I'm going to test it on the layman and their reaction is going to tell me what it is. And that's partially true, but it's not really true. Do you think part of that is a fundamental misunderstanding of what a correct response to magic is supposed to be? Yes. I don't think most people understand. You know, this is, the trained responses are what people think is a correct reaction. And the industry uh, you know, supports the freak-out, David Blaine-style street magic Of course. Uh, and, and sometimes that is a real reaction. Sure. But ultimately, I think we've forgotten that magicians matter too. Mm-hmm. Right? I love magic just as much as people who, have, who are not magicians that love magic, if not more, because I'm fucking learning it, right? Mm-hmm. And I think I should have a say also. So the ego of the magician is I'm a worker, so I know good magic, mm-hmm. right? And most of the time it's fucking lies. Most, some of the people I've seen work the most are some of the worst magicians I've ever seen in my life. But they market, so they get shows, right? But if we took some pride in what we did, like a chef, if we took some pride in what we did and we shared it with people that we trust and we all helped each other out and we're honest with ourselves, right? Because I like to, if you show me something, I'm going to tell you what I think about it, whether good or bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to give you the, the commercial version of it where, you know, I really like your shirt, but everything you did was shit. You know, where you start with something good and then you hit them with the bad. I mm-hmm. think that's... Why blow smoke up people's asses? Mm-hmm. Stick to the problems, right? What's good is what I don't talk about. This needs, I saw this, I saw this, I saw this, try this, try this, do it again. Now you do it, and it's a process, right? It's like instant build. Mm-hmm. But we, we sit there and go, well, what do you know? How many shows do you do? Mm-hmm. Why, are you, show me what you can do and then help me. And I think it's bullshit. I'm not a producer, I'm not an editor uh, or, or executive director. But I can still tell you if a movie is shit. Mm-hmm. So why do I have to do what you do to tell you what you're doing is shit? You know, we all have opinions and we all have the right to them. I think we should listen to each other before we listen to the audience because they have no idea. Mm-hmm. They don't know what food is, which is why chefs give them complete dishes, not individualized menus of ingredients and temperatures and slices. <laughs> and say, put together your own fucking five-star dish, right? Yeah. The chef creates and then shares it. The magician creates and shares that. And what they choose to share is what they love. And if they forego that, mm-hmm. that's when you get the people who are bitter and mm-hmm. angry and go through the motions. They don't care anymore because mm-hmm. they they've given up. We've got to pull it back a little. We matter too. What do we do to help the people that are creating magic that's bad? And how do we determine bad? What's the criteria for good and bad? I mean... Is there a criteria for good and bad? Technically, no. Right? Like some people think confusion is bad, but sometimes confusion can cause a certain way of thinking and create an effect. Uh, sometimes being too direct is bad. Like it's, it's so hard to determine within a broad conversation what is good and bad because something could be good for one thing and bad for another. It's very situational. Mm-hmm. So 
it's I don't think it's a fair question as to what's good and bad broadly. No, but you got to where I wanted to go with it, which is that it's all about the context. Oh yeah, right. It's about the 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 atmosphere that you create or that is apparent in the moment, mm-hmm. and that is what determines whether something is effective or not, whether an effect is magical or not, whether yeah. what you're doing is good or bad right. in the moment, for the moment, for the people that are there. Right. <clears throat> and, and that's with everything, you know, like, what is a commercial effect? You know what I mean? Like, who determines the word commercial? What is a working, a working routine? All this is skill-based. It's based on what you can Packs do. flat, plays, ba- uh, plays big. Yeah. Instant reset. <laughs> but... Listen, instant reset for me is raise rise. Yeah. Pack small plays big. Yeah. Instant reset. Uh and not too angry. Yeah. Right? Like, but why isn't it a worker for everybody else? Because they can't do it. Right? Yeah. But it's a worker for me. Yeah. So why can't I call that a worker? And what's the bar? Right? Like at what point do you go, I'm too lazy for that? Mm-hmm. Right? I don't know, man. I don't know what's good or bad. I know when I see it, if I feel something wrong, that usually means more. Them. What is what what does it mean wrong when you when you feel uh, like, something like, wrong? What you know, does that mean? It's a lot of times it boils down to technique, right? Like incorrect use of technique within the context of the effect. And what does that mean? Uh, exactly that incorrect use of that technique. <laughs> I'm trying to use big words. Okay, I'm not from the streets no more. <laughs> <laughs> but how do you know that it's incorrect? You said you feel uh, it because you feel, feel it, it, right? So I I'm gonna talk about the past because I use that a lot. I don't use the past, but I use the past for talking a lot okay because a lot of people use the past and i think they don't get the point okay they use it as a control okay right they want to control one card so they shift half the deck around one card uh-huh. and that's the best way to control a card right and it can be in certain in certain effects but the technique of the past is a very big one right it's a, you have to move half of a deck secretly you're cutting the deck mm-hmm how do you do that secretly? Timing, misdirection, technique, right? All this stuff. But a lot of times people will just add in things because that's what they know or that's what they're comfortable with. And Add in what? Uh, a move. So let's say, let's say this is an effect on the market, right? And the effect is the instructions say control card from, from the middle to the top, right? Okay. And that's all they tell you. You can do a double undercut. You can do a side steal. You can do a, whatever you want, right? Mm-hmm. And some people will pick a pass. And it may be the absolute wrong thing to do because the next thing is spread the deck on the table or hand the deck to the spectator or whatever, mm-hmm. right? So within the context of that effect, that move is just the total wrong move. And what happens is when you're watching the effect, you don't have to see him do the pass to feel he did it mm-hmm. or she did it because this broad action will just happen. This is a bang and now awkward movement, awkward pre-movement you know that mm-hmm. awkward tension it's just not the right technique for that moment mm-hmm. and a lot of that is foregone because to them it's what the end effect is not what leads up to it. and i think it's everything matters right if you feel like i'm doing something whether you know what i did or not you know i did something and the effect diminishes and mm-hmm. then you know all these steps and we don't i don't think we look at that enough i don't think i don't think uh, a lot of a lot of people are honest with other people. I've seen people do moves like the pass, and they just big up and down. Like they're they're doing a dunk, man. They're dunking basketballs, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like bang, and sonic boom happens, and the skin ripples. And they're like, wow, I didn't see a thing. <laughs> oh, 
But the person across the street just got knocked down from your sonic boom. <laughs> they know you did something, right? Mm-hmm. So technique is overlooked. The, the practicing of technique is overlooked. The timing of technique is overlooked. And the context of technique is overlooked. All to say things like commercial, worker, things like that, instead of this needs to be improved. Maybe this isn't finished. Maybe we need to work on this a little bit more. Maybe there's something else. Where else can I look? Mm-hmm. What's the next step? Mm-hmm. To, to bypass all of that, they use those words and, and those ideas. Yeah. There's an interesting thing that has been happening over the last, I don't know, I would say since the internet is this fetishization of mood. Well, not even that. I mean, fucking Jennings, you know. Jennings Marlowe? Disgusting. But, <laughs> sorry to the magicians that love Jennings, but so much of his stuff is just reads well and then you do it and you're like this is just wrong no one should ever do this but mm-hmm. I agree. it's this fetishization of a sleight of hand technique that then leads to um putting things where they don't belong and and i've found as i've matured in magic it's that like the less either, either the less sleight of hand i can do or the less apparent not apparent that's not the right word but like perceptible yeah it, it's like the the move is can be very important, but what's more important is the context around the move and making the move uh, not... See, it's like people are like, you got to make the move invisible by using timing. It's like, it's not that it's invisible. It's that it's non-existent. Correct. It's not that it's there, but you can't see it. It's that it doesn't exist anymore. Right. And so a lot of that, as I've matured, has become like, Honestly, going back to the shit that you learn at the very, very beginning, like a lot of that, like the crosscut force and mm-hmm. like, you know, a, a good top palm is better than most anything you can do. A great I, double lift I is the strongest yeah, thing you can I do. Don't, I don't disagree. Yeah. Yeah. But, it, but it, it's fascinating that this fetishization of moves has sort of corrupted what... No, I think it's always been there. Oh, yeah. No. But, but I mean, like, it, especially with... The rise of social media and Instagram and doing moves as a performance on a thing. Mm -hmm. It's like it's become this sort of uh, misguided attempt to showcase skill instead of Well, it's it's the problem of magic, right? And I think it's why so many people have have gone into cardistry. Because in cardistry, cardistry is like street ball, Mm -hmm. right? You can see how hard someone's working at something, right? You could see the technique, right? Mm-hmm. And you could appreciate that. But if you do magic well, you can't appreciate nothing, right? It's just not there. Mm-hmm. So I think it's the, the, the reaching of, I want appreciation for what you can understand-ish, mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, and I, I think it's okay to a degree. I think it kind of, it's drawn people together. Like it's, it's created a community of people who have step forward and, and done things but like anything there's always going to be those people who are just caught mm-hmm. that's okay too you know they're doing what they want to do they're not really hurting anybody yeah i think it's fine especially since some of those people are really fucking good yeah <laughs> you know i just think uh you know when cardistry first started i was very against it openly against it. i used to work for illusionist and i had this whole video about cardistry and birdistry and doing cookies and i was doing cardistry with cookies and shit and i was very against it and why it, uh, well the reason why is because at the time cardistry wasn't its own thing mm-hmm. 
And it wasn't cardistry then. It was just flourishing. And people were just cramming this stuff into magic. So here, pick a card. Right, this giant construction thing, and then they come back. They put the card back, giant construction thing, and come back. And it's missing the point, right? Mm -hmm. But now it's... And I said it. I was like, when cardistry is... Make cardistry its own thing. If you want this so bad, then make... And they... I'm not saying it's because of me, but it's happened. Mm -hmm. Now cardistry is its own thing. And man, is it amazing. Yeah. And I respect it so much because... They've taken those steps now because they've gone that extra mile. They're not just trying to cram it into something where it doesn't always work. Mm-hmm. You know, the difference between a magic effect and skill is skill, right? If you know I'm doing something, then that's a skill. If nothing's happening, then it can it can be magical. Mm-hmm. So cardistry is all skill, and it's beautiful and it's great, and I love it. But man, in the beginning, I was I was very against it, and uh, people have approached me about it, and they're like, so. You know, I I saw your video. You don't like cardistry? I'm like, yeah, I love it now. You know, like Kevin Ho's a friend of mine, and yeah, you know, <laughs> like it's great now. But then it wasn't. Yeah, well, it's I I think about this a lot. Uh, like people fidgeting with a deck during a trick. Mm-hmm. It's like if if I'm doing an effect for somebody and I have a place to put the deck down, I just put the deck down. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I do. Sometimes I don't, but then again, I'm not very cardistry abled. Sure, but I but what, okay. So <laughs> let me yeah, let me rephrase. I see people not flourishing during a trick. They're not like doing cuts, and some people do, and they control cards that way. And I go stop, just don't. Yeah. But what I mean is like people constantly riffling the deck or doing yeah. over and over, uh, you know, all around square ups and like. That's just it's them just being like uncomfortable. exactly, and it's but that that was what flourishing felt like to me, and still feels like to me during a trick. If it's not serving mm. a purpose and it's not intentional, then you're just fidgeting, and right. you're clearly not in control of what your hands are doing. Yeah, well, I think most most magicians that you know haven't gotten to gotten to a certain point within themselves are very uncomfortable. And I think it gears a lot of how effects are done or, e- or even the way they're taught, you know, mm-hmm. like if you're going to vanish a coin, why do you have to bring it back? Mm-hmm. Right. And the usual answer is uh, to make it come full circle. Mm-hmm. Right? But the real answer is we don't we're not comfortable dealing with them being uncomfortable. Yeah. So we give them the answer or an answer so that they can move on. Yeah. But if, especially if people have never done this, I, I challenge them. Vanish something in the best way you know how. Never mention it again. And just move on with your day. Mm-hmm. And you will see this person squirm and look. And, and like they'll look away. They're like, oh, everything's cool. But they're, they're looking mm-hmm. for when you're going to bring it back. Because that's what they want. Yeah. And because we think that's what they need, we give it to them. Because mm-hmm. we're uncomfortable with them being like that. Then we go, it's behind your ear. Yeah. It's under this card, right? And it doesn't have to be that way. I think a lot of times magic is ruined by the inability to let people live with their expectation and to live with their assumption. Mm-hmm. Let them have it. Never give it back. <laughs> you know, never take it back. Just give it to them. Yeah. One day. <laughs> well, another, I agree with you completely. And another, I think, another reason, which is more, um, sinister is that 
they've now vanished a thing and they're concealing it and they're uncomfortable that they're concealing it and don't know how to get True. rid of it without True. giving yeah. away the effect. True. And so like, just get better. <laughs> palmed the card for 25 minutes. Yeah. Because I, I didn't want to put it back and I didn't want to end that thing. And so I just I just held out held out a card for twenty drinking. I was drinking stuff. Car got all messed up at work. You gotta give up some sacrifices yeah. sometimes, you know? Yeah. We're we're we all assume that we know what's up and most of us don't have a clue. And I'm not saying I have a clue. I'm just saying what I see, you know? And I think if we step back and we look at the bigger spectrum, you know, here's an interesting story. I was it, it happened with Tony. I used to, I hang out with Tony a lot, so mm-hmm. Uh, we were all hanging out. I think Garrett was there, a bunch of people. Marcus Eddy, I were at this bar, and Tony was doing this thing. I think it was literally an ambitious card, and there was a candle on the table. So he did like a double, and he put the card on the candle. When the flame would go out, he'd show the card. Mm-hmm. But as the flame went out, the power went out in the building. Wow. So immediately, everyone was like, what? And I think Garrett ran in and grabbed Tony and pulled him out. And, like, we just fucking left, right? Tony's like, oh, I was going to do another trick. Like, bro, that's the only effect. Yeah, the effect is you turned the lights out in the building. <laughs> With a candle and a card, right? Yeah. Like, you, that's it. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't do, you're just going to ruin it, you know? And and I've, I've things like that have happened with friends where uh, when magicians get together, there's usually the, 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 conventional penis judging yeah right so who's going to bring out the biggest penis trick yeah and right and they all go especially if it's a female right it's like oh you're gonna have sex with me tonight Mm -hmm. and they do that and one time there was uh, somebody with us who doesn't really hang out with that kind of a newcomer you know Mm -hmm. just getting into the 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 magic thing and Mm -hmm. really eager is a man or a woman i was a man okay and he does a trick for somebody and I'm not going to mention the person's name, but mm. immediately they were gearing up to go next. And the, the person who's gearing up is way better yeah. than that person. Yeah. Right? But that person was doing a performance and, the, and their little audience loved it. They were mm-hmm. like, oh, man, it's so great. Blah, 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 blah. And as soon as it finished, I, I said, you can't, you can't ruin that. Yeah. You have to let it go. Like, let him have that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, they understood. He understood. You know, he's like, you're right. You know, I'm sorry. But we, we have to do that more. We have yeah. to realize when those moments are so pure mm-hmm. that it's not about what you want to do next. They, yeah. This is the spectator moment. This is what matters for the spectator. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, they just had that thing and they're enjoying it so much and they're all into it. Stop. Put yourself aside and let them live with it you know mm-hmm. so so much better if we would do that yeah i think yeah there's I, I, i've been both of those people i you know Me i've too. been i've been the guy that's like all right my turn yep i'm gonna follow this i actually i had an experience at the castle recently where there was a a guy performing in the basement and he was performing for he gathered these people down into the thing to do a show for them and the people that he had brought down were drunk. It was almost closing time. Like, they were having a great, wonderful time with themselves. And so, I was like, I have to go watch this and <laughs> okay. see how this goes. 
and he started his little set, and what he was doing was <coughs> fine stuff. It was good stuff, but it was just totally wrong. Hmm. It was it was way 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 more cerebral, okay, and self serious than anything these people could handle <laughs> right. at that moment, right? <coughs> yeah, and. My response to that was, when he's done, I'm gonna go sit down right. and see. But it, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a penis measuring thing. It was like, oh, I just watched this guy eat shit. I don't know if I can do anything yeah. that is gonna, like it was. It was a challenge to myself in that moment. It's, it's like, like, what can I? And it's the even try to do. Too, yeah, so, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was very curious about that, and I went and I sat down, and I and I went into my like actual performance character because i was curious because i'm doing the close-up room in a few months i was like if this were to happen in my room could you manage could i manage and how would it go that's fair though yeah that's fair i I appreciate that yeah i think that's okay it went poorly by the way (laughs) but now you know right? but now i know now you know and that's a great thing to know it's also interesting to lose a group because i lost them Mm -hmm. and then i got them back real fast and that's an interesting thing to do if you're, yeah. you know, if you're listening and you've ne- you're, you don't really know and you get the opportunity to lose a group of people and you know you can win them back, do it because it, you know, it'll make I've your heart never race. Never seen lose a, like Garcia. Oh, that's because he's infallible, like the Pope or he Pharaoh. Is, yeah, it's like ridiculous, he just, man. <laughs> he's he a real wizard. In there, he's like, hey, yeah, it, it, like wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whether he does magic or not, that group is with him. <laughs> but just because you've never seen him lose. It's true. Doesn't mean he hasn't lost Kalush. plenty of times. Kalush. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, just, it's, I, I use I say Kalush because to me Kalush is that guy that he's like that legend that nobody's ever seen him mess up. Yeah, he's always done the best of whatever. Uh huh. But you know he has. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know like, oh, you okay. know it's there. That's funny. So I, I, I every time somebody talks about that, I just go Kalush. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like an internal joke. No, oh, that's that's pretty good. <laughs> This this legendary figure, <laughs> yeah, and I, I think I think that's I think that's fair though. I think that's a great, you know, in, in a place like the castle, right? That's what that's there for. Yeah, I think I think, you know, I I'm not a fan of the castle. I think uh, I think the castle has lost a lot a lot of its appeal to me because now it's more of a over expensive bar with okay food that does all right magic. Right, it's not about magic anymore. It's about the bar. Okay, to me. And uh, I see no problem in letting it be that place that it's supposed to be, <laughs> which is what you're talking about. Yeah. Right? A place where people can grow and work and enjoy. That's what it's for, I think, above everything. Yeah. I have conflicting feelings about that particular thing because, on the one hand, there isn't really a space other than that to do the kind of thing that I did. Right. Right? But on the other hand, I very strongly believe that we should be doing the best thing for these people that we can because they may never experience magic ever again in their entire lives. True. So I'm conflicted in that way because I want people to grow and I want them to have the opportunity to grow. And sometimes people, spectators, have to be disposable items so that people can get better. Of course. And that's why bombing hurts so bad is because you're like, fuck, these people are, you know. Yeah. But it's for, you know, quote unquote, the greater good of getting better. Yeah, that's what it should be. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you have to sacrifice, like my card, 
that I had palm for 25 <laughs> minutes. Right? You got you to gotta give up sometimes. Yeah. I think it's important. That's good, though. I'm glad you did that. <laughs> it was fun as shit. It was really fun. As a matter of fact, I had some friends with me. And they watched me lose them, and they walked out. <laughs> they were like, "Oh, I can't, I can't, I can't watch this." So they didn't get to see me win them back. But at least they fine. had the respect to walk away. That's true. They didn't sit there and snicker in the corner. Uh, I do have a question though about you being on YouTube now. You mentioned something to me at Magic Live, which I want to talk about, which is that you're uncomfortable with your celebrity. Yeah, I know this is kind of just jumping yeah, totally. No, it's, it's fine, far off, but I'm un- yeah, I'm very uncomfortable with it. I when people approach me, the first thing that goes into my head right is when I was growing up. So, mm-hmm. so it's immediately what what do I owe them, mm-hmm. or what do they want to do to me? Yeah, that's the first thing that jump into my head. Then I kind of realize I don't do that stuff anymore. And then it's, what do they want from me? Yeah. And what have I done for them or Mm -hmm. to them, right? Or said about whatever to get them angry. (laughs) Yeah. And then then right after that, I still don't understand why people want to take a picture with me. Yeah. Or have me sign their deck of cards, right? And I get very uncomfortable, so I start trying to make a joke. Yeah. And the jokes are usually, uh, if they want me to sign something, I go, so do I make that out to, like, congratulations, eBay... You know, highest bidder, yeah, or something, yeah. Or if they want to take a picture, I go, you know, if you want to mess up your camera, that's fine, yeah. And it's just a way of me coping with being uncomfortable at that moment, yeah. Because I, eh, I don't know, yeah. Very weird for me. Very weird for me to be in a position where people who don't, I don't know, yeah, but who who know you, who know me, yeah, want to be in that space, yeah, right? Because I've never done that. Like I've never seen a celebrity and gone, yeah, hey, let me. So I don't understand that either. I don't yeah. understand the whole celebrity thing from either side. <laughs> yeah. I've lost all around. It's a yeah, it's a weird place to be in for sure. Um I'm humbled by it. Don't think like yeah. It's very humbling, especially some of the things that people have approached me with. Like I've had people with, you know, military backgrounds who have gotten hurt and you know, I said something in a video and it resonated with them and they just want to shake my hand or you know, like, things like that, which boggle my mind. Like, I've never served this country. Yeah. Nor would I want to. Yeah. And these people who have risked their lives are thanking me for making a YouTube video. Yeah. It blows my mind. <laughs> you know, it's like, how are you thanking me? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it speaks to the larger thing of, you know, the humanity is, is you know, really the, the essence of art. It's like, you know, you're making an impact on people's lives by doing this thing that you love. And if that is what your definition of success is, if that's what your definition of art is, then you're an artist. You're, you're successful. Like, but it has to be genuine and authentic. And that's mm-hmm. what I think is so great about what you're doing is that the, you, you, you're the opposite of inauthentic. Because it's like, you don't give a shit enough to like, put on a facade well no i give a shit of so much that i won't bullshit was yeah but they're the they're two sides of the same coin it's like you okay, couldn't yeah. yeah it's like i don't care what you think about me but it's also i care so much about not being phony yeah that you know you're doubling down on yeah i would much honest. rather people know within the first five minutes if they want to talk to me again yeah saves me time saves them time <laughs> and you know if i don't like you you'll know mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you don't like me 
I want you to tell me. Yeah. And then we'll just move on with our lives. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't expect everybody to like me. And I don't like everybody. That's who we are. And that's mm-hmm. okay. But it's just hard for me to transition to this thing of, um, you know, I'm on YouTube, so I'm I'm a celebrity. I don't feel like a celebrity. Right? Yeah. I don't I, I don't think I'm a celebrity. Mm-hmm. People might see me that way because of numbers, but to me those numbers are kind of unimportant. They're, you know, mm-hmm. they're important when it comes to bills. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, let's yeah, yeah. be real. But they don't define me at all. Mm-hmm. You know, just because I have X number of subscribers doesn't mean I'm any less of a dick. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) In fact, I I think it's made me more comfortable being honest. Yeah. Because I know if I was bullshit, I'd be called out on it. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with that. That's interesting. Yeah. So then with this, you know, because because of your celebrity, you have, I believe and I feel, you have a responsibility with that. In what way? Uh, In a way to hopefully better magic better the people watching your videos you have a responsibility to these people that are giving you their time and their attention to but i think i think if you're if you're honest right if you're true and you're you have something that you believe in that will automatically do what you're talking about uh I don't necessarily agree with that. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Well, but I mean, like, somebody could be honest and true about being a racist and have a very popular YouTube channel about racism and xenophobia. Right, but for the racist community. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, no, you're right. They are making this content that is very moving for these people, but it's not better for society as a whole. And that's what I'm saying. If you can zoom out, you're influencing a large number of people. I think that you have a responsibility to consider... The society as a whole and how you're influencing those people. I try to, yeah. but I I also tried not to think about that because mm-hmm. that's that, that's putting the weight of the world on your shoulders, and I'm nowhere ready for that. Well, uh, just just because you have an intention for something doesn't mean that you're. Well, I mean, my intention is mm-hmm. I you know I try to be a decent person. Yeah, I try to be honest. Mm-hmm. I try to do things that will kind of gear them towards the next thing, you know? So if I'm doing this move, by the way, it's also in this book and you could try this thing and that thing. And, and I try to let them go in their own direction. I try not to be like the guy at the top that everybody's kind of climbing to. I kind of just want to be the one, like the directory, you know? So go there, go there, go there. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think I'm the best at anything. I don't think I'm the best at anything. And because of that, I'm not going to play the part of the leader. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Okay. I guess. But but I really don't know. At, at the end of the day, I really don't know what my responsibility is. I'm a, I'm a magician who makes vlogs about hanging out with my friends and mm-hmm. I teach magic tricks. Like, what is really my, my responsibility in the greater part of the world, you know? Well, I mean, I, I think that you should adopt a responsibility in the greater part of the world because... You are part of a thing that is one bigger than yourself and also something that influences mm. how this art that you say you love so much is going to move forward in the next decade. You've reached a point at which the way that you affect this is not small enough that it won't matter. Uh, that's fair. And you know what? Maybe maybe I should. You're right. Maybe I never really thought about it, to be honest. Uh, 
Yeah. I'm, you know, I come from a place where I never thought I'd hit 30 years old. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, I understand. I, I think that's an incredible opportunity. Like, you could in, literally invent a possibility for right. what it is that you're doing. Yeah. Well, maybe, honestly, I think that's something we should talk about more. <laughs> I'm serious about that. All right. Though, yeah. Because I never even considered yeah. that concept. To me, it's just like good content. Like, yeah. Right, but, and that's a beautiful space to be in. I and I don't. I hope I'm not making you uncomfortable by no, 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 talking no, no. about this stuff. But it, it is that thing where, like, right now you're in this this really beautiful creative zone where you're like, I'm making good content. I'm doing my thing. I'm paying my bills first of all, which is good. But I'm also like just doing good shit that I can be proud of. Yeah, and that like if you can stay in that, if anybody can be in that place, so, sweet. Great. That's it's awesome. A, and it, it happened last year, man. Yeah. Literally happened last year. I was bottom of bottom of the pits last year. Yeah, and it all changed like l- overnight, and it's it's been awesome, but it's also been very daunting. Yeah, and uh, very confusing with a lot of things. And you know, I've never been in a situation like this within Magic before. So you know, like what you were talking about, I, I'm very uneasy about this celebrity. I don't even mm-hmm. like calling it that. Yeah, you know, but I just. Man, it is something to consider. I didn't think about it before. I really didn't. So that's a interesting realization to have <laughs> mid podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got to talk. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, I, I mean, we're we've we've been over an hour, uh, and I, there's a few more things I want to talk about. Yeah. One of which is, um, burnout. I'm sure you've experienced burnout a lot of times in magic just this because morning. yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm curious about how you how what makes you burn out, how you get back into it, and then I want to talk about the creative process of making YouTube content and the grind that that is and the drive you have to have and the hustle and all that. So okay. so we can so, take this a piece at a time, yeah, but so, I, so let's start with the first one. Yeah, burnout. I mean, what is it that so, takes you out? The thing that's burnt me out the most has been owning a magic company. Okay. Why? That, that has been the most tedious, daunting, exhausting, stressful, unsatisfactory thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. And no matter how much I think I'm going to make a difference with it, the only way I've been able to is because of, of YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, YouTube allowed me to walk away from it and then say, I can now do better for this. Mm-hmm. But man, it, it's the the stress of running around trying to find something worth putting out, screening through the people who send stuff in that unfortunately, you know, let's be real, you've worked for a magic company too, you know. Yeah. It's a lot of it is either already out, yep, nothing new, yep, terrible, yep, or just it, it makes you question why that person's really doing anything they're doing, right? Like it's just oh <laughs> yes, I, I, it's, I couldn't, yeah, right. The same. And yeah. then you go to a convention or you go somewhere, and, and you know your friends are trying to help you out, so they introduce you to these people, and it's much easier online because you could just go, I'm not going to respond. Yeah. But now this person's in front of you, and they're showing you the same terrible things nine times out of ten. You know, every once in a while there's that winner, right? But mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, it's terrible. It's this. It's that. And they're doing it to help their friend, and they're doing it because they're your friend. And now you have this person in front of you. You have to go, huh, huh, yeah, well, you know, okay, we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, and play that game. Right? Yeah. 
I had a conversation very recently, which was uh, I met a magician and uh, I, so I met somebody and I knew him through a magician and I was like, so are, are you also a magician? He's like, yeah, yeah, I've been a magician for a long time. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And I was with another person and they wanted to see some magic and I didn't have anything on me. I was like, do you mind? This was F. So he did a trick and I was like, oh, cool. And he's like, is that it? I yeah. was like, yeah, that's it. And he's like, okay. And he walked around the person and came over to me and started showing me these slides. Just doing slides for me. Yeah. And I'm looking at him going, okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Cool. And he's like, is that, that's it? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm sorry. It's not personal. I've just, I've seen everything. I just have seen it. No. And he goes, what do you mean you've seen it? This is my stuff. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, but it's, it's like, it's original. And I was like, okay. It, uh, <laughs> but I've, I've seen it. Like it's, yeah. it might be yours, but I wouldn't call it original. Right. And he's like, yeah, no, I created this stuff. And I was like, no, I get it. Okay. Let me rephrase. It may be original, but it's not unique. Right. I was like, I've just seen... And he was like... It it, it blew his mind that it was like, yeah. oh, you're doing a KM move, but you added turning the card over at the end and a twist, and that's your that's original a, it's thing. That's killer, man. That's I was killer. I, like, I don't... I, yeah. Yeah. And, and being part of that magic magic yeah. uh, uh, industry thing where you have to play the game. Oh, yeah, but, okay. But you like, can't I, just I, shit on that guy. But, but now here's the rest of it. I don't know exactly your role that was at... Dan and Dave, right? yeah. But I'm a one man show, mm -hmm. so now I'm doing the filming, the editing, mm -hmm. the production, mm -hmm. the ads, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. it's, uh, the tech support, mm -hmm. the like everything, the yeah. shipping. That's what I was for Art Magic. Okay, so yeah. you know, so now it's like that whole gambit, right? It's, man, it's so daunting. And then you're trying to create something for somebody that they could be proud of. Yep. That you could be proud of, and that will sell. And uh, you know, you get to this place where you're, you're just numb, mm -hmm. right? Because you start falling in, into the same bullshit of, you know, from the mind of, the creative, uh, the, the Let's best get thing into in, it. <laughs> yeah, the best thing in and get the, right? And you fall into this bull crap yeah. that just destroys you. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened to me. It, it just burnt me out. And yeah. I'm still burnt out about it. Even still, I'm still burnt out about it because I'm still doing it. Mm -hmm. Like I have some products that I actually am very excited about that are coming out. Yeah. But man, it's like, you know, even dealing with people, you know, and, and I have nothing against them, but they have their idea. I have my idea. Sometimes they come from a different place uh, or a different time in the magic community where, yeah. you know, the way things are sold were different. And how, and it's just these variances of stress yeah. that you have to deal with. And then turn on my camera and make YouTube content. Yeah. Right? Like, so. And I haven't been because I'm so stressed out about that because mm -hmm. I want to get those things done because some of them are taking long. And I don't want to put out shitty YouTube content. So I would much rather not put out content. Mm -hmm. Until I can focus. Yeah. Right? Which kind of hurts me a little bit, but mm -hmm. it is what it is. Sure. I understand. So, so <clears throat> running a magic business burned you out. Oh, yeah. And I, and I, I'll be honest, and it burned me out too. I was like, I just, I watch so much. I, it, it's, it's not, it's also not just the business facts, business aspect of it, which can be tedious, which it is. 
it's also that you have to stay up to date with what the community's doing, like what other shit is coming out, mm-hmm. you know, what the marketplace looks like. And it just becomes this sort of you're constantly inundated with what people are doing on TV and you got to watch the YouTube videos and you have to. Yep. And it just it can be very, very exhausting yeah. where like you love music. Uh, you, lo- <laughs> <laughs> you love magic. Uh, fuck me. You love magic. And it's the thing that you think about all the time anyway. But now the thing that you have to think about is magic, but it's the stuff you don't want to think about. Right. It's not the creative, interesting, and, and the engaging stuff. That, stuff. And it's, it's like, the stuff that most people don't think about yeah. and that don't consider. Mm-hmm. So right. So like one of the excuse me, one of the things that I made sure of very quickly was to stop making trailers that were the norm. Yeah. Right, so like the first one I really got to do this with was with the pass. Yeah, I remember you sending it to me. It was all right. Yeah, so but I was very specific about it because I didn't want it to be this thing where I'm doing this whole routine, then the pass, right? And then I'm talking about how good the movie is or whatever, then Mm -hmm. the pass. And then I I wanted to be this thing where I'm being very blunt, direct, and honest, but more importantly, I got to be creative about it and I got to make a point. So most trailers for magic it has it, it, the norm right and i remember josh j and andy making a video about that because of something that uh dan sperry said mm-hmm. so dan sperry jumped online <laughs> I remember, remember this yeah and he's like oh creator you're not a magician bro. and he's like shitting on people yeah and then he starts talking about the magic industry and how it's crap and then Josh and Andy's response, which I thought was terrible, was this is why we won't put any cuts in the trailer. So you can see blah. Yeah. I go, you know, listen, I've never, ever in my life heard somebody say, I'm not going to go watch that movie because they didn't show me the whole movie in the trailer. Mm -hmm. It's not the point of a trailer. Mm -hmm. The trailer is to show you the key points. And then to tell you why you might like it. And that's yeah. it. That's the trailer. Mm-hmm. It's not supposed to be you get this whole drawn out thing and explanation and this is what you're getting and here's the performance. And then people could backpedal and be cheap about it. Because coming from a magic company, people do that. They watch things over and over and over and over. And they go, oh, I figured it out. I don't yeah. need to buy it, right? Yeah. That's unfair to the artist. It's unfair to the company. And it's unfair to the people who want to get something good later on because of those people. Yeah. So I don't abide by those rules. This is what it is. Here's some little artsy fartsy stuff that I get to have fun with, mm-hmm. and if you like it, you like it. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And I've I've kind of stuck with that, you know. And it's been really good for me. And then I did yeah. the same thing with Razor Eyes, and you know, is this something new? Is it self working? I say it. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. This is new and self working. This is worker material, you guys. Yeah, that's right. It's commercial. <laughs> yeah. It's easy reset. Why are you being quiet now? You're just talking about shields. shields? <laughs> You're just fucking yelling. Take down them shields! Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it now. <laughs> He's gonna sneak over and ask for a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I kind of lost where, where we were. Well, so yeah, you were talking about uh, uh, industry burnout and then the creative fulfillment that you got out of making your own shit. Uh, you know, tutorial not tutorials, trailers that were. Um, you know, creatively fun and different and exciting yeah. and for yourself, yeah. you know? Yeah, and I it, it, I think it's been good so far. You know, people, you know, I keep some of the key aspects, you know, like, hey, 
this is what, what you're going to get. Is yeah. what, you know, obviously. Of course, yeah. You want people to know what they're getting yeah. into, but you also... But I just cut the bullshit out, and yeah. I added fun. I added my fun. You yeah. Know? Like, it may not be the industry norm for a trailer. Listen, the magic industry is 80 years in the past. They're still trying to pump out DVDs. You know what I mean? Like, DVDs yeah. have been dead. If you're looking for a DVD, please just go away. I'm not, yeah. I'm not the one. Uh, but because of that, I've now got to gear my business differently, mm-hmm. right? So I know I'm a one-man show, and I'm not trying to play the company role anymore. So I'm not, this is Lost Art. We are happy to eat any shit from any customer. Mm-hmm. No, man. If you email my company with some crazy shit, you're going to get a crazy fucking response. <laughs> you know, just the other day, some guy was like, oh, your streaming sucks, blah, blah, blah. This is bullshit. Fuck this, blah, blah, and going off, right? And I said, uh, actually, I'll, I'll just read it to you. How about that? Yeah, I'm okay. just going to fucking read this. It was amazing. So, starts out, uh, your streaming service is fucking terrible. Pauses every second. I don't need a ticket for support. I'm just telling you it's crap. Total fucking dog shit. That was what I got. So I respond. The streaming service is Vimeo. Don't like it. Tough shit. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's coming at me. That's what, it was no problem. Right. Oh, he goes, I won't be spending my mon- uh, any more money on this shit site. It's like, no problem. Don't send emails like you expect people to kiss your ass. I'm, you know, like, listen, respect both sides, you know? Yeah. Now, uh, truth be told, if the guy would have said, listen, I'm having a problem, I would have fucking helped him. Yeah. But now he's doing this? I don't give a shit. Uh, if I got a problem, I'll tell you about it. Would you prefer I say it to your face? Obviously, this guy doesn't know me. No. You're a great magician slash teacher, but I can't get through the damn video. I wasn't expecting a response, let alone kiss my ass. I was genuinely pissed off. Fine, I'll be a little nicer next time. Vimeo sucks. Now, I, I, yeah, but the thing about that is that every other magic site, Art of Magic, Vanishing, they all use Vimeo. I know. Even fucking Illusionist. Like, I know. I know. Vimeo is, is fine. It's your inter- Now there's me. It's yeah. your internet connection. You need to check. And like I said before... If you talk to people a certain way, don't get pissed off when they respond the same way, right? And he's like, no, Vimeo sucks. Doesn't buffer when it's paused. I watch movies over the internet, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm trying, I'm trying to give him an answer. I'm telling him to check himself, too. Uh, I listen to plenty of people. And, oh, because he goes, uh, you should listen to your customers even when they're pissed off or hard to handle. Right? I said, I listen to plenty of people, and I've tested everything before I charge people for the service. One person out of thousands does not mean the system is messed up. So good luck to you, and check your attitude. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, nothing happened after that. He basically just called me a jack-off or something. Yeah. But how many companies respond like that? Well, I certainly didn't, because I was doing the same thing, uh, and I got plenty of emails that were like, this is fucking shit. Mm-hmm. And in my experience... And I and I was part of a thing that was I'm it wasn't a one man shop and I was right. like I was a face of a company that was bigger than me right of course so there was a little there was more of a it was almost like because I got an email very similar to that it was like fucking blah 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 shit fuck sucks dick blah, mm-hmm. whatever and my response to that was just to be indecently nice. <laughs> Just to be grossly beautiful yeah. to them. <laughs> well, I can't. I, I, well, but I got a big kick out of it. Because oh. it was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry to hear that you're having a problem. Uh, Vimeo has been a great service for us. I'm sorry that you seem to be having an issue. But I, I would strongly recommend checking your interconnection, contacting your ISP, blah, 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 blah. And just go through the whole fucking thing. Like, oh man, I hope you have such a wonderful weekend. You know, whatever the thing yeah, is going to yeah. be. And 
And nine times out of ten, they would go, oh my gosh, you know, you were right. I just had to think, I'm so sorry about the thing. I was just pissed off, blah, 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 yeah, blah. Yeah. And then that's the end of that. So it wasn't like a back and forth. It was just like, like this person, I don't know what the fuck is going on with them, but I'm going to be just like in a yeah. gross way yeah. nice to them. But you know what's happening to me too? Yeah. They 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 send an email through my website. Not- Fucking shields! <laughs> Sorry, shield down. He's like one hit, one hit. <laughs> uh, but like people send things to my website, not thinking that I read it. Yeah, and they'll be like, "Fuck that!" And then I respond. They see the name. They go, "Oh my god." Dude, I'm so sorry. Like, instant. Like, I don't even say anything bad to them. I'm just like, this is the problem. Yeah. Right? And they're, and, but because now they know it's me. Yeah. Now they're, it's like, why weren't you being decent to any other human? Yeah. Now that you know that it's me, you're going to be decent to me? Like, well, it's a, I hear celebrities talk about it all the time. They're like, you know, somebody will mouth off at me on Twitter and I'll respond to it. And they'll go, oh my God, I'm such a big fan. I didn't know you were going to say this. Yeah. It's like... You tagged me in it. Yeah. You sent the email to my company. Of yeah. course I'm going to see it. Like, What did you think was going right. to happen? You're not just shouting into the void. You're right. like emailing my email. I should make a. I should make an email call shouting into the void at Lost Art Magic. That's funny. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. Yeah. Um. So so it, the you know it went from sort of being burned out by owning your own company and then. Using your company as a creative outlet and then getting into the YouTube stuff where it's just pure creative freedom. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. What does that look like? It's amazing, man. Uh, I get to come up with goofy ideas. I don't necessarily... Like, I'm doing tutorials now. And truth be told, I'm doing tutorials because I do want people to learn, but I do want the visibility to get to the other stuff, right? Like Mm -hmm. That's the unfortunate game we have to play. Yeah. You know, it's not... It's not something that I'm necessarily proud of, but I'm not unproud of it either. Yeah. It's just kind of what it is until the landscape changes, right? Yeah. But beyond that, I could, like even today, you know, later on, I, th- I hope you come with me. We're going to, I'm going to go hang out with my friend Bo. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pull out my camera. We're going to have some fun, drink, talk some magic if it happens. But it's not about that, right? Mm-hmm. It's about a different side of what happens with magic. It's about going to the conventions and seeing what happens behind the scenes yeah. and you know, running a booth and running a company and being with the these guys who do all this stuff and you see who they are beyond the tutorials and beyond the the videos that they sell. Yeah. Right? And you see that we're all people and we're all we all have our own struggles and we all have our own likes and dislikes and you know, awkward in our own ways, right? And it's that humanization that really appeals to me. Mm-hmm. That thing that I can step away from whatever people may think of me and just be me. And if that's what appeals to them, then great. Yeah. You know, but I can show them people who they may not have heard of because they're only on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like Garrett, like Tony, like whoever. Yeah. You know? It really, I mean, like. <sighs> The the only people that don't understand the beauty of YouTube are people that didn't grow up with YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't be sitting here with you if it weren't for YouTube. The mm-hmm. first one of the first tricks I ever learned was fucking uh, Invisible Travelers, and it was on YouTube. And Shin wouldn't be a FISM winner if it wasn't for YouTube. Yeah, there. I mean, so much of of the beauty of what's happening now and what is going to be happening is because of. The visibility and that you know that also goes back to cardistry in that it's an egoless 
thing that's happening. There are certainly egos within it, but the the art of cardistry isn't about secrets. It's not about who created something. It's always about innovation, yeah. constantly pushing forward, not giving a shit where the information's coming and from, great. and it's a pure meritocracy. Yeah, and so like. That's a big it, word. <laughs> yeah, the, the people that are really good at it are the ones that everybody knows. Uh, but it, but it's you know there's something that that magic I think is learning slowly and will you know in the next five years I feel like there's going to be a much a bigger shift in in Absolutely. in that sort of you know uh, space of creative Absolutely. sharing. But, but you know like I I, I happen to be in a very weird position and it's because I'm still. I still am involved in the what I guess we would consider as the magic community. Yeah. So like in a few weeks I'm going down to Texas and I'm lecturing at a convention. I'm yeah. going to be lecturing at a few conventions and I have already. Yeah. Right? Like I'm still tied, right? Like I'm not all YouTube even though I am all YouTube. Yeah. But I get to talk to these people now and I get to tell them things and and I I, I say things like listen. You guys think YouTube is bad? Why? Tell me. Tell me why you think YouTube is bad. Yeah. And I listen to them. And, and it's all the same responses. Exposure. Uh, bad teachers. Exposure. 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 Layman. Right? Yeah. Layman will see it. And I go, you know, I get it. But they're wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I can learn how to change my carburetor on YouTube. Yeah. But I still go to my mechanic. My, my mechanic is not hurting <laughs> because of YouTube. Yeah. Right. In fact, maybe he's gotten more business because somebody goes, "Hey, I saw this thing." Maybe, right? In fact, maybe he's got more business because he changed a carburetor on YouTube. Whatever. Yeah. Right. Or somebody said, "I saw this," and then they go to him and they mm-hmm. say, "Can you do this?" Mm-hmm. Right. Whatever it is, but he's definitely not hurting. Mm-hmm. Magic companies openly sell their stuff on a public market. There's very maybe three websites that I've ever seen in Magic where you need a password to buy something. Mm-hmm. Otherwise. It's on the internet. They use meta tags. They they try to do SEO mm-hmm. uh, optimization. They're making YouTube videos to promote their product. Mm-hmm. They do giveaways, right? It's mm-hmm. like, why is that okay? Mm-hmm. Because you're asking for a dollar? The difference between exposure and okay is a dollar? Mm-hmm. You know? In fact, I, I was arguing with this with Eric Jones. Eric was like, you know, I still don't like tutorials on YouTube. I was like, bro, you used to work for Murphy's? Murphy's? Says, give me your email, you get five free tricks. He goes, where does it say that? And I went to the Murphy's YouTube page, Mm -hmm. and there's Gregory Wilson. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The people who are saying YouTube is bad are on YouTube giving stuff away. Yeah. It's like, what? I don't understand. Everybody puts out a product. What's the point of putting out a product? You want to make money. Most people do not put out a product because they actually want to share something. They want to make some money. Mm-hmm. There are few who actually want to share. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, it's, it's business, right? So they're on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube. But I'm on YouTube too. Why is that any different? Yeah. And I'm doing the same thing you're doing. I'm just doing more. Why am I bad? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I'm not a bad guy. And I think one of the, one of the first people to approach me that I didn't expect was Paul Cummins. Mm-hmm. Paul Cummins. I love Paul Cummins. He's such death. a sweetheart. He's oh the best. Oh my God. <laughs> I happened to do a video where I spoke about Fasidu, his 
Yeah, is from a shuffle deck and from uses shuffle notes deck he that, is, right? that have great tricks in them. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I didn't even do anything for them. I just mentioned them. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and I, at this convention, he comes up to me and goes, hey, I had to reprint because I just got a slew of orders from my site. And I was like, oh, dude, great. He goes, yeah, man. He goes, hey, I have a bunch of books <laughs> that I want to get rid of. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. And I haven't done it yet. It's going to be from Doug Kahn's book. Yeah. Oh, dude, I love that book. Tricks in My Trades? Yeah. Fucking great. Doug is so cool. Okay, right? sorry. So, Go ahead. so basically, I said, is it okay if I teach something from the book, do a giveaway, and then put... He goes, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right? But this is somebody who comes from that generation. Paul's not a kid. Mm-mm. Right? He's been around forever, and he saw the benefit mm-hmm. of people who didn't know him mm-hmm. now buying his product. Right? Yeah. And that's a power. That's a power move. That's a that's a thing that we can all learn from this. Mm-hmm. I, I did it for Ryan Plunkett and 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 uh, Feldman. Michael Feldman, yeah. For their book, yep. I, I tried to help him out with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know, I think the first person to really do it was Madison when he said, "I am better than Erdnase." Yeah. And thousands of people who had never heard of Erdnase, never read the book, bought it. Mm-hmm. And people were shitting on it because they didn't understand that they were actually getting the real book. Yeah. They weren't getting some bullshit, mad, you know, I'm Madison and I'm just writing stuff down. You were getting the real book. Yeah. And he, he introduced that book to so many people. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. And that's the power of that platform. And it can be used better if we would just fucking <laughs> work together, damn it. Yep. Stop putting down YouTube. You think there's a problem? Listen, a lot of people think there's a lot of problem with a lot of things. But nobody stands up and does anything. At least I'm trying. Well, and that's the thing, too, is that, like, just because people hate YouTube doesn't mean the guys that are going on there and, and genuinely doing harmful exposure are going to stop. Right. Because they don't give a fuck about what we think. That's the whole point. Right. And so, like, because you're one of the you're one of the shining knights. They're performing for real people. They're the workers of the world. They are. They are. They're they. Uh, yeah. It's the same argument. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> it's the same argument. Yeah. Right. And so, why not be the guy that's on there doing what's right and what's good and what is and helpful tr- and trying to figure it out? And you know, listen, we're we're gonna make mistakes. Of course. You know, there's gonna be times where maybe, you know, like. I, I'm going to bring it up again, like the Paul Wilson and, and Ramsey thing. Mm-hmm. That's going to happen, mm-hmm. right? But that doesn't mean that Chris is a bad person. And that doesn't mean that you have to gang up on YouTube because somebody forgot about a move that you published thousands of years ago on a napkin. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, it, it's going to happen. It's very easy. In fact, it happened to him before with uh, uh, Richard Sanders. Chris did something and it happened to be Richard Sanders. Mm-hmm. And Chris immediately contacted Richard and worked it out. And I ran into Rich and it, we're now friends. He's such a great guy. Yeah, he's super I nice. I fucking love the guy. But it, that's all it takes. Mm-hmm. Right? The same way in a magic company, I'm sure people, it's happened to people before where you go to put something out and then you go, hey, this guy's got it already. And you contact, it, it, it yeah. doesn't have to be this grand public visage of fuck you. Yeah. It's just a little respect on both ends and a little understanding. That's all it takes. Yeah. You know, stop trying, stop trying to destroy what you don't understand. Stop trying to tear down the people who are trying. Mm-hmm. Because you're not. Mm-hmm. You know? Magic on TV. Everybody wants to shit on magic on TV. But everybody wants to be a consultant. 
<laughs> or have a show. Or have a show. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the only everybody thing- wants to shit on Delgadio, but also everybody now wants to have a residency somewhere. Right. Right? I don't know. I just wish, in general, we would just realize that there are some things that just are. Social media is a thing. It is a platform. It is a stage. And for people who want to be quote-unquote workers, it is necessary. So you have to understand the platform just a bit if you're going to do anything with a career in magic. Yeah. You know? And the other side of it is, you know, people go, you know, magic on Instagram isn't real because of this frame. Mm -hmm. But it's the same thing when you're doing lapping, right? Like, there's a frame. Yeah. And you're using it. Yeah. Right? You just have to learn how to use that one. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's like, it's like anything. It's like people don't like that particular medium. It doesn't mean it's a right. bad medium. Right. It just means you don't like it and you're not you That's know, fair. interested in then using it that way. Then don't use it, but don't knock people for using it. Yeah. You know? I don't like haggis. <laughs> you enjoy haggis. I will order you haggis. I'm going to get some burgers. <laughs> you know? No, totally. Whatever. Well, thanks, buddy. This has been amazing. Yeah, man, it was fun. Yeah, we, we do end, this weekly. We end the show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we end the show with uh, just a few quick, crush, quick. Oh, Jesus, I've been hanging out with Tony too much. <laughs> Shields down. Uh, <laughs> uh, with just a few questions. Um, favorite film. Shawshank Redemptions. Favorite book. Non magic book. Uh, I forgot the name of it. It's a, it's a quantum physics book on uh, black hole theory and string theory. Cool. Uh, favorite magic book? By Forces Unseen, actually. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Favorite song or artist? Oh, right now it's Kendrick, man. I'm all about Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> right on. Uh, and then favorite f- f- food? <laughs> I don't know. Food. Yeah, food. All right, cool. <laughs> and then the last question is, uh, what's the hardest time, like the, the most visceral moment of astonishment you've ever experienced? Was it Gabby? No, no. Uh, it was uh, when my mother said she was proud of me. Yeah. And will you share this story? Do you mind? Uh, I had earned my first legit dollar doing a gig, and I went to the hospital to tell her, and she started crying because she knew I was being a shithead, mm-hmm. and she told me she was proud of me. Was, that did it for me. Don't want to go too much because I don't think these are waterproof. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you so much for doing this. I really yeah, appreciate thanks it. Thanks for asking. Man. Yeah, of course. All right. <laughs>